Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. What's up, gang? Got no no Kevin this week because Kevin is an island boy. Um, That's the scientific term which he would appreciate as a yes. man of science. Yes. Uh, do but, all, uh, this is this is a non sequitur entirely. But do all of you except for me have a a BS? Because I only have a BA. No, I have a like BA. Undergraduate. Deg- oh, okay. Oh, um, I have two and two, I guess. Okay, that's fine. I just, you know, important to to let people know who we are. <laughs> yeah. So the, the scientific terms are accurate. Yeah. I can vouch uh, for that. Yeah, that one's definitely true. Kevin, Kevin is having more fun than the than the rest of us, and let's be honest, probably more than than y'all too. Uh, but we're all here, so let's let's make the best of it. Um, you know, uh, you guys don't really have a a. a a window into what our recording spaces look like, but Pearson, yeah, uh, but Pierce, you in particular identified pretty quickly today uh, that I am not in the space that I usually inhabit when we're recording, even though I am very much still in my apartment in Richmond. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, the reason for that is that I've been working from home a fair amount lately and have felt uh, like I'm spending, you know, dozens upon dozens of hours in one room of my apartment. And I just really needed a change. That's the sleeping in your bedroom. Is that what you're talking about? Nope. It's not that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, man. Nope. Not not all of us function on twelve hours a night. Um, but yeah, and I think it's I I think that that's interesting. Um, that that you've kind of reached this conundrum because I feel it in some way too. Um, which is that I you know finish finish my day of of work and I can shut the library office study whatever you want to call it. I can shut that door and then I don't have to go in there again. And it's like its own place. And I like that separation that I did not used to have um, in some ways or there are other ways we'll get into that. It does kind of bother me, but Max, you are kind of entering this space. You know, Sean has space in his apartment, so he can also have a door as I do for the space where you do work. You are kind of, entering that timeline and and you expressed before we started talking that you are maybe looking forward to having that space with a door i'd like to have a home office yes um (laughs) i i mean i'm definitely a bit more uh nomadic at the moment i think if we were keeping track of who's recorded from the different states i'm probably in the lead there um we certainly don't have an office in the van and now i'm in uh my parents house but um yes i'm looking for a new 
abode, home, apartment, etc. And one of my, I wouldn't call it a requirement, you know, when they're on House Hunters and they're like a nice to have, um, like mm-hmm. a toilet is a requirement. You know, I know that was on your list, as John Mulaney would say. Um, it would, I would like to have a home office. Yes. Um, in my current apartment, we have a two bedroom and my office is in the corner of our bedroom, our master bedroom. So it's not a dedicated, uh, workspace. Now, Sean, when you were looking for your, your current apartment, was it, was that space, that office space, a requirement for you or was it a nice to have as Max indicated? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I don't know that it was strictly a requirement um, in the sense of like, I need to have a room with a door that I can close. But Mm -hmm. I I did, I moved down here from Silver Spring where I was living in grad school and I I had a, a one bedroom apartment, but it was large enough that it had kind of like a quasi dining room as well and i really yeah. sort of set that up i had a you know i had like a dining table that i'm sitting at now that i sort of never sat at but i also had a desk um that i put there and made the sort of middle section of my apartment like this is the workspace uh, and so like i also knew when i was moving that i was going into a fellowship job that was going to be remote for the whole year so i like I know when I'm doing this apartment search, I'm like, you are going somewhere that is going to be the place that you work all year. So having some sort of workspace was kind of non-negotiable. Um, I, I almost pulled the trigger on a one-bedroom place that I wouldn't have had, like, it certainly would not have had another room. Uh, and then I happened to find the apartment that I'm in now, which was a reasonably priced two-bedroom. And I said, okay, well, now I can get the office perfect let's do that um but you know it's just i've spent so much time between a a full year that was all remote by design um and now a, a chunk of this year working from home as well like i've spent so much time in that room and it's it's doing a lot of heavy lifting in my apartment where that's also where what is in theory my reading chair is and it's also where all my music stuff is and it's kind of you know it's not really easy to move that stuff so even when I'm not working there are certain things that I like using my time for that I kind of have to be in that Mm -hmm. room and so that's that sort of led to this feeling where like all of a sudden yesterday I was sort of feeling trapped in that room. I was like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. See, right away, it's like it feels like you're having dedicated workspaces is nice because you can separate, especially the working. I can definitely speak to working from home, but you've combined but your dedicated only, workspace. Thing, with, it's not only with, a dedicated with entertainment space because at least mine, mine is in my bedroom. So it's actually kind of still dedicated work or sleep i don't hang out in there yeah and and so i think and this is you know as you what i would recommend is you start thinking about i would like this space and and more if that space is there for you max like how do i create a space that is i think purposeful 
but you don't want to do you don't want to ruin the space and and by that i mean like sean you have a lot going on in that in that room yeah for me there is a desk which i'm at and there are lots of books in here and there is a big comfortable chair which ideally i would come in like read in you know as a more of a a library type space as opposed to a an office type space uh -huh. um but the thing is is I have come to associate this with working so much that I'm like, I don't want to go in there except for that time. And and that also means that I don't do work outside of it as much anymore because when I was in an apartment that did not have a working space for, for me or the other person in the apartment, that meant that like all of these common spaces became, you know, quasi workspaces. And I felt like that made work kind of extra sucky and so this has been refreshing in that way to have it but i kind of i've ruined the room for other things can i tell you something crazy emily moved into this apartment last summer and was so jazzed that there was like a an office sort of room i it's probably technically a bedroom in the front but there's no way it's big enough to be a proper bedroom and she was very excited about like I'm going to have an office space. She like got a new desk has not worked one minute in that office in over a year could not work in that office right now. If she wanted to, because <laughs> it is a storage space and it's piled yeah. high with books and things that need to get sent out to be framed. It's just, it's wild. And she has always like as long as I've known her, she's always been someone who like does her work on the couch or in bed. And it like it blows my fucking mind. Like I don't understand because those are like and and the reason that I I would go crazy with uh like my dedicated workspace being in my bedroom is that like I try to spend as little time as possible in my bedroom other than like when I am going to sleep. And so like that space is very uh, sacred is hokey, but like that's the best word I have for it. And so like mm -hmm. I, I'm putting my work, you know, putting my work desk in there would feel like spoiling it. And, and so like, I'm just, I'm particular and I've got to, I, I need, I need things set up this certain way, but I don't have quite enough space where I can have that room be dedicated to work and nothing else i can't mm -hmm. quite like i can't move my bookshelves and my armchair and a guitar amp out into the remaining space that i have because it's all taken up with other shit yeah it's funny you say that before we were talking i mentioned that while i have dedicated workspace in my bedroom i don't use it i i probably work 80 to 90 percent of my time or more for my couch um so i am a little I, I don't know if concerned is the right word but the scenario you just described is is not far-fetched for myself I, I could definitely see a situation where i i get excited about moving into a place that has a space for an office i set it all up the way i quote unquote like it and then i never use it so i wonder yeah. if there's an opportunity here to make some kind of hybrid space like i wonder if it was more like a library that had a a futon and a, <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it, it 
Like having having dedicated workspace is appealing, but it's appealing to me in a way where I picture myself using it. <laughs> right. So I, I think that that so so what we've established first, like let's get to this. Here here are some some rules, if you will. Um, you will, oh, I don't you, think we you will, you will ruin the space if you're a person that won't actually use it. And you will also ruin a space if you associate it with a work experience that you then want to leave as soon as the day is done. So you have to use it correctly and you have well, to use it happily. But to, I don't to know if that second part is true, though. Like if you're using it nine yeah. to five, whatever your working hours are. And then you want to leave as soon as the day is over and you go into a different room like that. That might be OK in the work from home era. Like you're you're separating work Eggs. and and, and mm-hmm. life in a way that's actually I, I, enviable. Honestly. Well, so, I... so and that's I did want to I did want to say that, which is what you're getting at, Max, is, is I think an important point here is I part of the reason I want to leave the room is because I am I am by myself all day. And so I like living, leaving this room and going to other rooms because I view those as social rooms. I don't need like another by myself time after all that by myself time. So I want to go into rooms that are better. Otherwise, this is a room where you can read in, but you can really only be by yourself in this room. And that's a big part of it for me. Can I ask a bit of a devil's advocate question? Sure. Have, have oh, we... Yeah. Have we inadvertently, uh, much much like how in, in an iconic episode of 30 Rock, they're attempting to design uh, a better microwave and they end up crafting the Pontiac Aztec, have we unintentionally uh, made all of our employers collective case for why we should all be forced back into the office? Well, no, because the... <laughs> The problem with working in an office is the other people, of course. <laughs> I work better without them. I, I mean, it's funny you mention that. I have considered... Uh, I, I I appreciate the work from anywhere because it's allowed me, as you know, to, to move somewhere that, I, that doesn't have an office or work market that could support the type of work I do. But I have considered joining some kind of shared workspace where you work near other people in a place that's dedicated for work i wouldn't you're, you're making a face i haven't this seriously is, considered this is the it. first I've that just, we are hearing of this well because i haven't actually like looked into it but i've said to myself at least on a couple occasions you know it, it could be nice to have now that covid is over ending I, I don't know now that i feel safe going to a space with strangers i wonder if i'd like having some kind of of membership a few of my friends in town have gone back to their offices and there's there's something Maybe appealing. That's a whole different conversation and one that we've we've talked about before. I can, but I can, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm I not can being only imagine saying say that. that. Yeah, but I can only imagine saying that aloud in Maine of all places, being like, you know, what would be great? More people around me, and all the people be like, get out of Maine right now. Yeah, you <laughs> you your, hear the your, sound of a million mom. guns cocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd throw you in the back of the truck and be like, "We're going to the taxidermist right now." Oh my god! I think, but I, but Sean, maybe what what we're saying is is having dedicated workspace is a good thing, or at least a good thing in that it allows you to have that separation. And so, like I said right. before, like even if maybe you shut the door and say, "Oh, I I don't use that room on on Saturday and Sundays," I don't think that makes it a waste of of space no. in your house. If anything, oh, no, it makes it tax deductible. Yeah. Well, the the, the must were uh, so like let's this let's is the not part where we say let's not advise our our 
10 listeners to do something that was almost going to guarantee that they get audited by the IRS. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mean I can't deduct my couch because I work from it? I um, Shocker, is, I would not recommend that. <laughs> this is the required space where we say not only are we uh, not tax tax yeah. pros at all and don't follow advice. We are advice, super duper also, aggressively not lawyers. <laughs> but But also... This discussion is around like the ability to get more space in a time of serious housing shortage. So like this is a very yes. privileged conversation. Um, and the idea of being able to have spaces for different activities, I mean, that's as old as like houses and, and marketplaces have existed. It's like, this is where you do this. This is where you do that. And, and it's kind of like when people criticize, some people will criticize the idea of open floor plans and houses. It's like, no, there's, or, or spaces at all. It's like, no, there's something nice about having a space where it's quiet, having a living space, having a den, having a kitchen, having a place you eat. It's like, it is nice to associate with these things and feel uncomfortable doing that activity. Whereas like, you can feel weird when you're like should i be eating at the couch or should i be sitting in these chairs or or what whatever the case may be so i think that there is a net positive to having a dedicated space especially i think the most important part for me is having a a door and being like i am in that space or i am not in that space it's not a shared type of thing yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, though. I, the more I think about it, like, you, you've brought up dining rooms, and, and I think as, you know, time goes on, the, I would say, requirements of a middle to upper income, whatever you want to call it, like a, you know, a privileged life would be a, a dining room in a house. And in a lot of things growing up, like, we were in that kind of era, I think, of have people having rooms in their houses that they didn't use. Maybe they yeah. set it for Thanksgiving and that was it. And so similarly to, to working remotely, like you could have a home office, but you could also just, I mean, we all have these, I would say we don't all have them, but most people that work from home probably work off of a laptop. It's not a desktop computer. So there's already a sense of mobility there where, you know, for two hours, your if you have it, dining room table could be your office, your kitchen counter, if you have bar seats, could be your office, your breakfast nook, your couch. There's all these places that could be a, a rotating office. And so I, I don't I don't really know what conclusion I'm trying to draw from that well, other than to say uh, whatever works for for individuals. I mean, if you want to make make dedicated workspace, there's a lot of really creative ways to do it with not a lot of physical space, even mm -hmm. if it just is like some kind of secretary desk that folds out and then you can kind of fold it up at the end of the day and and it's not st your your laptop isn't staring at you from the corner of the living room like it doesn't have to be that way yeah um, you're you're absolutely right and you know as far as wasted spaces in abodes go the dining room is bad you might use especially in the last two years you might use a dining room more than you use say a guest bedroom which is a thing that is wasted either either like 90% of the year or it's full a lot and that becomes a different level of annoyance where you just want to leave your house potentially. 
So I'm glad you brought that up because actually, you know, at the houses that we're looking at now slash the are my current space, as I mentioned, it's two bedroom and, and whatnot. Uh, I, I think it's it's um, it shouldn't be assumed. So I'll just say it outright. Like, I don't I don't know that I would actually have a dedicated, dedicated workspace. It would probably double as a guest bedroom. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, which, which that's a really good use of combo because otherwise what you have a really nice room that no one ever gets to appreciate or use mm-hmm. you should go use it yeah. have the dining room be your storage and also area. ideally and usually if you have guests you're probably not working at least this a is, lot um, right i've There's certainly had guests work days, knowledge but, working yeah there's some overlap but not always unless your guests are co-workers then you've got a then you then you're living in a we live right we work yeah. and we we live <laughs> <laughs> then, then then you're just then you're just back on the office and you're spending too much time there um that's that's what that is terrifying no, I, I mean i i think that i, I mean this it's i think it's interesting we we live we live in a time where we're we're all able to work in places that are not the quote-unquote office um which means that the the aspirations people have for when they want to increase their space or change their space in some way it becomes, I mean, as you said, like the, the tax deduction thing, what is in, inherent in that is like, this is an investment that I want to make, which is a place within my home where I am most comfortable being, or, or I am very comfortable being, and I want it to also have this, this amenity, as opposed to, I don't know what people aspire for, a finished basement, a man cave, a home gym, a, a home gym stuff like that. It's like, you know, maybe I'll go out for that stuff now, but I want I want my place of work to be able to be home because that is something that I can do. I mean, we certainly had, uh, you know, my parents had an office when I was growing up, but it was very different. They didn't they didn't use it every day. Um, well, we, we had a computer like, room. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, the room with room. the computer. In yeah. it. When and you made that point, which is it had to have its own room. We we live in a magical um, generation in which we've gone from the computer needs a room to that guy's been sitting at that table in the coffee shop for eight hours with his laptop. Definitely or, did that or, a few times across the country. <laughs> or, or or you're able to use the laptop in motion on public transit. Like wow, yeah. we've gone from you know the terrible person is your brother who's hogging the computer to play games to now the terrible person is making everybody listen mm-hmm. to their their phone call basically yeah. but it's ironic even then like i think about how i work on the couch and i like working on the couch and oftentimes i'll put on my stereo or listen to a record while i'm working and i like that but i don't like when the tv is on while i'm working and i don't want to get into the fact that i just i can't physically like i get distracted by the tv that's not what i'm talking about that is a reason why i don't like it but the real thing is that watching tv on the couch is a totally different activity than working on the couch and joining those two is like you know it feels like you're either working overtime or it feels like work is invading your 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 personal space in a way that i think that you know however you can you can find a way to avoid that feeling is is good um mm-hmm. maybe it's dedicated workspace maybe it's working from if, if you work from home as often as, as I do, maybe it's, you know, going to work in public spaces, be it a coffee shop or maybe a shared workspace. I, I, I don't know about that, but coffee would shops you are say, good. Max, would you say that 
variety is the spice of life <laughs> would that would that be you know consistent with your statement about how we can make these spaces best for for how we work well not necessarily no actually i don't think so <laughs> i think it's dependent on the individual some people are really productive working in the same space every day or in the same environment, et cetera. And like, you know, some people are better at working from home than others. And sometimes that means that that's because they're better with the different types of distractions that they have at home. Um, sometimes it means that they're just have different workspace. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think you just do that... whatever, do whatever makes you the most productive member of your corporate family. <laughs> oh God. This is going to end in me like dramatically rearranging my apartment, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is this is we Well, how to, often to do, do you work from home? A couple days a week. Once a, is it a couple days a week? Yeah. I that's that's enough that you have to make some commitment. Yeah. I think with yeah. this commitment, yeah. it is you're asked to do the hardest thing, which is to know yourself in the long term, and that is very difficult. Yeah, it's also just like it's been the same it's been the same work setup for a year and a half. It may be time to, you know, yeah. to rejigger things a little bit. You've been there a year and a half and I I haven't seen that apartment. Wow. I guess I've only been to 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 your your neck of the woods once in that year and a half. Yeah. Maybe no, just twice. You came through it a second time. Bre- yes, briefly. Briefly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were both brief stop throughs. Yeah. So we'll um, we, we can rearranging fix, we can your fix that. Rearranging your your space is fun. Um, it is. I remember when I was in an, when I was in the office office, I I rearranged my space a lot because uh, it was better than working. <laughs> I wonder. You also had a space as opposed to a a trough at which the, 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 the hoteling your... trough. I mean, that was the the death of the office. As soon as often companies are like, yeah, we just have a giant open concept office. It's like screw that. That doesn't uh, see, really see, that doesn't open, work for anyone. Open no doors. No doors is the problem. I wonder if it's also just like a function of, and and we should probably wrap up and move on. But I wonder if it's also yeah. just a function of the fact that like I'm so used to, um, like as an adult, I've never lived in one place for more than two years. And so like, I'm so used to surroundings changing pretty frequently mm-hmm. that it probably just feels like I'm due. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. So stay, stay tuned for, for extreme home makeover, Richmond midsize apartment edition. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll move on to Pierce is sorry. So I rather, I enjoy eating and I especially enjoy making popcorn, which, you know, much to my chagrin, I feel like I would offer to make that on occasion for, for Max and Kevin and Kevin is not here. And they were at best lukewarm about the prospect of eating popcorn, which so, so like I didn't make it as much as maybe I intended to and share it with others, but I do share it with others sometimes. And I appreciate well popped popcorn i appreciate that it is quite easy to make you just have to have a little patience and you know just get comfortable with it but then it's very easy well uh to my great surprise and now apology to all that i have made popcorn for in the past um which the numbers are are you know probably probably many because i enjoy making it 
I learned from Sola El Whaley um, in a video, I think it's a women's health, what's in my fridge video, which is really fun, um, especially her fridge, because it's, it's someone who's a chef and has just finished like getting her cookbook ready. She has cool stuff in there. Well, it also went into her freezer. And what does she keep in her freezer? Popcorn kernels. Why? Because popcorn kernels have a little bit of water in them. That's what makes them pop. It just kind of naturally, like when a popcorn kernel, you know, as it exists, the germ that's in there. So you should freeze popcorn and it, it's you can go straight from like frozen to, to popping so that you preserve the water in there so that it doesn't dry out so that you have the fluffiest biggest popping popcorn hmm. and i had no idea and so i am sorry to all those i have made popcorn for with staling kernels i as much as i do appreciate learning about how to make the best of something in the kitchen you know back to our original topic not not everyone has space in their freezer for more stuff <laughs> Freezers... i'm not a big fr i'm not a big freezer user. okay so i, I my freezer it. is like you know i buy one frozen meal at trader joe's and i've got to rearrange everything and throw <laughs> oh, some yeah me like too. this this the the what is it, the progressive commercial where the the scotch egg? That's that's me. My freezer no, is it's very a meatball, not a scotch. Well, egg. I know, but I would probably think it was a scotch egg. <laughs> so if you have the freezer space, that that's a cool thing to learn. Um, also, make but, scotch eggs. I think that's the real takeaway. I don't. From this. I don't know what a scotch egg is. Oh my god, you don't? Oh, buddy. No. Oh, that my friend. Does it involve scotch? Because I, I like scotch. No, it's scotch. No. It's, it's it, scotch in the sense that scotch is scotch it's from scotland you take a, an egg and you soft boil it and then you wrap it in sausage and you bread sausage. it and you fry uh -huh. it and i mean that looks pretty good it's delightful there's a irish pub in charlottesville called the tin whistle uh downtown oh, that there. makes excellent scotch eggs all right i'll, I'll be on the lookout um, okay, and and what our listeners should be on the lookout for now is a big idea from pop culture, um, and you know because I am am big on uh, being current and keeping up on things, um, the the only real new uh, entertainment that I have consumed recently is I am finally for the first time watching the HBO series The Newsroom. Here's the thing. Oh. The newsroom is not good. In fact, <laughs> I am fairly certain that not only is it not good, it is bad. And yet there is something about the West Wing for journalists, because Aaron Sorkin only knows how to write one. Uh, he only knows how to write one story structure. Um, and it's just done it several hundred times. Uh, but uh, there is something, you know, as I am a journalist and uh, working in a, a field that is sort of uh, grappling with lots of uh, murky ethical considerations right now, um, there is something that is uh, kind of enjoyably escapist about uh you know a, a look at my profession where 
everyone has like a very sturdy moral compass except for the unambiguously bad villains who are very obviously bad and wear a big old sign on themselves that say hey i am the villain uh so yeah i i don't know i kind of dropped the ball this week i was busy watching the newsroom i don't know what to tell you it's i don't even know if i would recommend that you watch it <laughs> in fact you know what i I will come out I'll, on the record the first time. It's episode 334. Uh, the big idea from pop culture will be something for you to not consume. Don't watch the newsroom. Yeah. You're welcome. Don't watch it because I'm I'm doing it for you. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's try to pull this back a little bit with a bit. Uh, see, now now it's it's got my brain rotted so bad that I'm. I'm botching the structure of the podcast. That's the one. Yes. Um, Okay. Who sang the backing vocals on the original recording of the iconic Rolling Stones song, Gimme Shelter, and then later covered the song and had her own minor hit? Was it A, Carol King, B, Sister Winona Carr, uh, C, Lisa Fisher or D Mary Clayton. I'm going to say a, even though I don't, I'd be mad at myself if it's, if it's a, and I don't say a, yeah, I also am going to go with a for similar reasons. I'm sorry, gentlemen. It is not Carol King. It was Mary Clayton. I mean, Carol King's also the only person who I would be like, yeah, I've heard of them before for sure. Yeah. Well, and she was right. the only one where she could have had a hit that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a big enough hit for me to recognize it as a hit versus remembering the other names. I'm trying to validate you my wrong what? answer. <laughs> Maybe I just got the trivia wrong. <laughs> Here's the big idea from pop culture. Go listen to the Mary Clayton version of Gimme Shelter because it fucking whips. It's really Ooh. good. And then also go watch the documentary right. if you want to be like, wow, the 60s really ended on a sour note there. I watched I, I don't know if I I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod yet at all, but I watched it for the first time like a month and a half ago. It was wild. Yeah. And now there's what, there's yeah. been lots of uh, I, I didn't want to use it as the big idea because I haven't watched it yet. But uh, all of. Uh, all of my friends here are are talking so much about the new Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. So like, I'm going to have to check that out and we'll, we'll probably have a better big idea for you once I've seen mm. that. What What's the other documentary that, uh, give me shelter. It's a, a film about the infamous Altamont concert, uh, a rolling a free rolling stones show in san francisco that ended uh when uh a hell's angel who was providing security at the event uh stabbed a concert goer to death in the crowd uh, meredith hunter I that is correct man, uh yes. who who was uh in the process of pulling out a gun uh as as you can see on on the film but it's part of the cool conceit of of that documentary is that half of it is you seeing the footage sort of firsthand and the rest of it is actually you watching 
the Rolling Stones see the footage for the first time. It's kind of like a neat filmmaking device. Very hmm. cinema, very Tay. So, yeah. But so Anyways, that's for our other pulled podcast. It, pulled it back with a, a couple of, of actual cultural recommendations after the fact. So uh, I, can, I can feel confident now saying that that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening.